Welcome to The Prime of Our Lives, a podcast about navigating expat life and pop culture in our 30s. I'm Katie Logan. And I'm Polly Kwok. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good, Polly. How are you? I am not bad. What did you have for dinner today? We did our classic Pizza Hut Hawaiian order. Oh my gosh, we were so close to ordering Domino's tonight. Yeah, it's like the lazy open the fridge, now I don't feel like cooking <laughs> thing to do. And yes, also, we do Hawaiian every time. I love Hawaiian. I want to come to your house. We got Domino's flyers in the mail today. So as soon as I brought them in the house, I was like, oh, Mickey's going to see these and <laughs> it's going to be a discussion. <laughs> Is he, what do you guys order if you order from Domino's? So lately we've been doing pepperoni and jalapeno. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm astonished at how much pizza some people eat, but my husband and I only share a medium. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. Everyone's like, what? You don't get two larges and have one each? I'm like, no, we save... So we order two mediums, have one for dinner, and save one for leftover lunch the next day. Wow. Yeah. I, like, I just have- can't fathom eating any more pizza than half. We split a large. Okay. Well, that's like, the, I feel like the difference between medium and large is not that substantial, is it? Honestly, I should know because this is like, this is an area of a circle question. <laughs> You should write this up as a word problem you and I will what? solve it for GRE practice. You know what? I've been thinking every time I've been using baking, you know how you have to line your cake pan? Yeah. I'm like, this is circumference. Yeah. Like, this is math. Like, why didn't we do math problems like this when I was doing math? Like, yeah. oh, you have to line a cake tin. How much parchment do you need? Yeah. So true. And, you know, when you're ordering pizza for a party and people want to know how many pizzas to order. Yeah. That's that's how you learn (laughs) circles and area, man. I know. We should have just had pizza problems as math problems. Would make it more exciting. To be fair, I do think I had quite a few pizza problems, but mostly as fractions. I feel like I remember like slices of pizza as fractions. Or like pies or whatever. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Oh, one thing I wanted to chat with you about, which I was on my usual, like, watching of random K-pop videos. Um, Men in crop tops. Oh, my gosh. Wait. (laughs) This is going to come up later. Is it? Okay. I'll save it. I'll save it for later. I think this is for our random segment. So, speaking of the random segment then, Katie, what is on the agenda this week? So this week, we're talking about a new segment aptly named Night Apple is Poison Apple, hashtag N-A-P-A, how to be funny on social media. And we have our first ever guest, Effie, who tells us how she creates the best Insta stories and is, in general, hilarious on social media. So keep listening. Okay, let's get, let's get back to what is the pop culture in its prime for you right now? Katie? Okay. Okay, I'm yeah. ready for this. Yeah. So for the last like four days, I have been watching What's Wrong with Secretary Kim nonstop. Have you finished it? No, but I'm on episode 13. Dang. So I don't have that much more to go. Three I know. episodes to go. I know. And I started it really like maybe on Saturday. Yeah. Okay. So this is one of those shows. It's not honestly, honestly, it's not that good. But it's also so good. Mm. <laughs> I, there's something about the main actress. I, I don't know if it's her, like the actress herself, or if it's the storyline. Her character is definitely really thin. Like she's not, I don't know her sister's names. You know what I mean? It's like, she's yeah. not like really. But that being said, did I start watching the show because I heard there were really steamy makeout scenes in this show? Yes. Were there? <laughs> No. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I think I just saw one, like the steamiest one, and basically he undid like two buttons on her blouse. 
Oof. Was there a hand on wall lean over girl moment? No. Oh. What show is there? I mean, I guess he kind of did that in Strong Girl Bong Soon. Um, PSJ, Park Sung Joon did that in She Was Pretty as well. Oh. Maybe he's like known to be in these like hot and heavy makeout scenes. Yeah. He like probably, well, in that, I've never seen What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, but I've heard good things. And yeah. that's when he has his K drama like rom com hair. Because he just yes. like, because in Itaewon, the class, comma hair. Yeah. He like <laughs> cut it all back because he was in like a grittier drama. And yeah. then in his Insta, he's like, oh, back to K drama hair or like rom com hair. Cute. Cute. No, he is a charmer. And the, the twist in the show, like where you, where the story goes, so you yeah. understand his character is good. I was watching it last night and I was like, oh, yeah, like this was worth it. Like I understand his character so well. Yeah. It makes so much sense. Like he's so wonderful. Oh my gosh. Like very romantic. It, it's super tropey. It's like every trope ever from a K drama. Um, but yeah, there's something about it I just it. can't stop watching. You know what? There's K dramas that you kind of watch a few episodes and you really can't get into because there's just nothing exciting happening. And then there's ones where you know exactly what's happening, but you don't care and you'll still keep watching. Yeah. Yeah. I started when Mickey pressed play, because basically I wanted to check to make sure there were subtitles. He pressed play and we watched like the first 30 seconds before the first person spoke yeah. to see if there were subtitles. And in those 30 seconds, I was like, I want to keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we turned it off and we started watching something else. And if, and like, as we got into that something else, I kind of like turned to Mickey and I was like, I'm really sorry. I want to watch that other show. <laughs> wow. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. It was him walking into a club. And wow. I was like, yep, I'm in. I'll do it. I'm, I'll watch this. <laughs> Were you a, a PSJ fan prior to the show? No, I mean I liked Huarang. Yeah, it was. Um, he wasn't his most charming self in Huarang. I mean, I found him more attractive in Huarang. True, of course you did. <laughs> I don't know why I thought otherwise. <laughs> You're like the opposite of me in that respect. Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, well, you are nearing the end, so I hope it has a good ending. Me too. Nothing is there's nothing worse than a bad K drama ending. I think either she'll die or there'll be a wedding. <gasps> Whoa, how dramatic. Well, I'll have to watch it soon. Yeah. It is on my one. list. Good. Yeah, it's a good one. Recommend. So what pop culture item is in its prime for you, Polly? So I kind of briefly mentioned this on our last episode, not in full. Um, I finished the season one of Stranger on Netflix. Um, it is a K-drama, although I was just saying technically any TV show that's Korean is a K-drama. Is that correct? I don't know. I, I would believe that. Because it doesn't have to be like it could be a comedy, but it's called K-drama. I don't oh, know. Okay. Um, this was my gateway K-drama for my husband who doesn't watch any K-dramas. So there's, there's no romance in this at all. Oh. Um, but it's like a crime. I feel like I haven't watched Line of Duty, but I feel like maybe it's a bit like Line of Duty. Um, it's about corrupt prosecutors and police. Ooh. And they're trying to... And then a prosecutor and police who's not corrupt, is trying to figure out what's happening. And it was really good. Like, it wasn't... You know me, I don't like watching really scary things. Not even <laughs> things like Suits right now, because you're like, <laughs> they might get caught kind of thing. But it wasn't, like, nightmare-inducing or anything. Nor was it, like, freaky, like, I don't want to turn off the lights at night kind of show. But yeah, they really built all the characters well. It's got the girl from, she was in Sense8, but I think she was a popular Korean actress before anyway. Oh. She was really good in this. And, and shockingly, Korean drama, but there's a second season. Really? Yeah. So we haven't pressed play on the second season because I think we really burned through that first season really quickly. So I kind of like to have a little bit of break before we dive back in. 
but sure. it's not even like a it's not a different cast either wow which i feel like is so rare to be fair i haven't watched my share of more serious k-dramas but definitely for the rom-com category like you're not going to get a strong girl bone soon too i mean are we still holding out hope for a crash landing too yeah i mean <laughs> we can hold out hope it just may never happen <laughs> Um, yeah, no, totally. And did it work as an intro to K-dramas for your husband? Is he, is he on board? Yeah, he really liked it. So I feel like we'll definitely watch season two. I mean, there is a whole world of more serious K-dramas, but I just haven't really dived into it. I mean, it didn't even feel like a Korean drama in a way, but then kind of because it was Korean, I don't know, maybe it's because I don't live in Korea like the setting is not something I see all the time. Maybe that actually made it less kind of thriller slash scary. I feel like if it was like British, it might feel a bit grittier and therefore more real and therefore maybe mm. more freaky. I don't know, but it worked. Yeah. I feel like I've gotten to the point now where Mickey has seen me watching so many dramas. Now with What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, he's he was like, are all Korean people obsessed with these like rich men? <laughs> I mean, there is a table in every single Korean drama. <laughs> every single one. But, I mean, he kind of watches with me when we watch Suits. He's, like, interested to know what's going on. Yeah. So I do think that maybe something like this, it sounds like, is something he might get more on board with. Because my friends have told me, like, they got their husbands in by watching Kingdom, which is, like, the zombie, Korean zombie drama. But, but I'm just not, I mean, Korean, when it's like scary stuff, it can get pretty scary. So I just was like, I really don't think zombies is my cup of tea. And I was like, well, I guess I'll never get my husband into it. But I would definitely recommend Stranger if you're Great. not even a Korean drama watcher. It just feels like a foreign film with subtitles or a series with subtitles. Amazing. Okay. I'm going to file that away. Yeah. Good file it away. Add it to the list. It is added to the list. Our next segment is a new segment. Whoop, and we're going to have some amazing intro music slash dialogue to come. Yes. This segment is called... Night Apple is Poison Apple. Yeah. yeah. Bonus <laughs> points if you actually know the reference. <laughs> I Who's don't think know the reference. I don't think anyone will know the reference. <laughs> Not a single person. But I feel like that. we should give bonus points. If someone knows the reference, they can yes. come on the show and be interviewed. Ooh, yes. Comment on one of our Instagram posts if you got this reference. Yeah. So in this segment, what we're going to do is talk about a random internet black hole we have fallen into in the late night hours. Yes. Polly, we're going to surprise each other with the topics we've chosen for this segment. I have already kind of given a hint about what mine is, but Polly, do you want to go first? Okay, I will. It's a bit dark, actually. Like Night apple is poison apple. Night man. apple <laughs> is poison apple. And I actually like had to watch something a bit lighter. Okay, so my black hole at late night hours was looking into the song 8 by sugar and oh yeah you texted me this but i didn't look into it tell me more okay so i list i mean sugar bts big fan i listened to the song and i was like this is awesome like iu's got a great voice it actually syncs really well with sugar this is great so i tell my friend who's my k-pop sensei and she's like i know it's such a good song but it's so sad though i was like what (laughs) It's sad. Like, I have watched the music video where there's, like, animation part. She's on a plane. There's, like, a gecko. And I was like, how is this sad? And then she's like, do you not know about the fan theories? I was like, what fan theories? So I went on DKDTV, which is, like, has all those explained videos, and they're really great. And I watched their kind of theory behind the music video. And... So apparently IU, and this is all based on theory, not real fact. So she is really good friends with three of the people in K-pop who've committed suicide. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. 
And actually two of them died by suicide very quickly after each other. Um, for one of them, she was, she found out and then had to do a concert. And then oh, no. during a concert, she found out about <gasps> her other friend and she really struggled. So this was like a very like depressed, I just had no idea. Like you listen to the song and you would have, n I mean, because it's so uplifting in melody, you would never think. And then I watched the theory video where they break down the music video and like all the bits where they're like, oh, this is p potentially referring to this person. And this is preferring like referring to this person. And now I watch it and listen to the song. I'm like, I can't unthink that anymore. Oh my gosh. And then I went into this like, well, obviously I didn't know who these people were very much at all. Yeah. And then I read up on their stories and like one of them apparently is like a very outspoken K-pop person, which is like very rare, but she was battling depression or the guy like felt like he always had to, well, I think that all K-pop people do feel like they have to present themselves in a certain way and a certain image. And it was just really, <laughs> then I went into like this whole K-pop suicide stories, yeah. which was like, I just was not expecting to do that from a fairly upbeat pop song. Oh. Um, and I think it just kind of is this the underbelly of like the K-pop slash, yeah, like the trainee program and people who go through it. Obviously, these are very specific people who have um, died by suicide. So it's not like everyone, but yeah. it's just like, it was just, it was also very beautiful in the way, and they explain it in the theory video, how, if it is true, how she had depicted them in her video, like, oh, I hope you're happy now. Like, I hope, like, and there's a lot of kind of throwback, like, oh, well, you'll always be in my memory and stuff like that. Wow. And I just like never. I have was, goosebumps. I know. I just didn't. And then after that, I was like, I need to watch something like way lighter and not think about it just because it was just so sad yeah yeah oh my gosh sorry hey, I mean, this turned into really sad but it was just like I was it was so unexpected wow yeah I mean it does kind of I remind me of the conversation we had last week about Blackpink and in the documentary how they showed their training experience and how we talked about how they're are almost I mean they were visible in that documentary um repercussions from that experience on their mental health and self-esteem. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. I'm going to I'm going to look up that song, but it sounds really sad. Yeah. And I think, you know, we we were both saying after that documentary like let's get them therapists. Like I really yeah. hope people in the K-pop industry if they do need it are seeking help. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm kind of looking at these Wikipedia pages. I don't actually think that I can yeah. read this. Yeah. Let's let's talk about something a bit lighter. I mean, is it gonna be lighter? Because my spiral I don't know. This, my spiral this week was into EXO. <laughs> and when I say I spiraled into EXO, I mean I'm still very top level. Um, so EXO is another Korean boy band. Also, side note, Polly, I love that we were like, let's not start with <laughs> Korean stuff this week. And here we are. But here we are. Okay. We're so on the same wavelength when we do segments, yeah. even if we surprise each other. I know. Right? I had no idea you were going to talk about EXO. And you had no idea I was going to talk about eight and how it kind of spiraled. So No. <laughs> Um, so when I was looking into EXO, I mean, the song that I was basically, when I said that I was doing that, I was listening to the song Obsession on repeat and watching reaction videos to Obsession and watching live performances of Obsession and watching dance practices for Obsession and lyric videos for Obsession and basically being obsessed with Obsession. <laughs> How aptly named. I mean, it's a great song. It's a great song. And then I was looking at the members and I was looking at their faces and then I went on a bit of a spiral into plastic surgery in K-pop. Yeah. And just, you know, reading articles, hypothesizing what um, types of plastic surgery these idols may have had. Some of it is like undeniable. I think there's like a K-pop combo 
is what they call it, where you Yo. get like, yeah, where you get double eyelid surgery and a nose job. And that's the K-pop combo. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and so I guess it does kind of relate to what you were saying because it's about, I mean, unrealistic expectations of what you look like and being basically, you know, encouraged or forced to have plastic surgery. So, I mean, that is a real blow to your self-esteem, I imagine. Yeah. Um, I mean, body dysmorphia. Exactly. Yeah. So I was thinking yeah. about, I was thinking about plastic surgery. Obviously none of the members of EXO have like been like, oh yeah, I had like all these procedures done to my face. Um, but I was thinking about that and then completely different, but what you mentioned earlier about crop tops on men. Yes. So in the obsession video, I think it's Kai who's wearing the crop top and it is, it is a crop top. <laughs> like, okay. It is. <laughs> Love it or hate it? No, I hate it. Yeah. Okay. I'm on the, I'm with you on that one. Just cause I, I watched um tomorrow by together video oh but they were more than one of them were wearing crop tops and they're very slim so i feel like it just creates a really odd silhouette when like men or i guess boys wear crop tops but apparently i don't i don't know maybe because it's they're they're slimmer like would it be better if they were more like larger or more muscular i don't know but kai i mean have you watched the obsession music video not yet i mean let me tell you (laughs) you should (laughs) but i mean exo they're older than bts i think so these are like i mean they're men (laughs) yeah they ain't ain't no teenagers let's put it that although i don't i don't know that um kai is older but their image is definitely like older more mature a bit darker than bts and they are i mean physically are more bulked out than bts so they are um you know far more muscular and so he's like ripped like with like abs i mean his body looks great and you know like the fans do go crazy when people like when members of bts lift their shirts and like you see their abs like the fans go crazy for it so i feel like This is a little bit just being like, okay, you want abs? You got abs? Yeah. Style is a weird thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We're just probably not young and cool enough. Maybe not. Okay. Well, that concludes our Night Apple is Poison Apple section. We will definitely come back to this. (laughs) So... Um, something that is definitely night apple is poison apple hashtag Napa for both of us is scrolling through the gram looking at BTS memes until well all the time and also way too late. Um, but yeah, the memes are really hilarious. So I guess in our main segment, we're just really chatting about funniness yeah. on social media. Yeah. I just wanted to spend a bit of time thinking about like how are people so funny (laughs) like what is it about these Instagram memes that we find so addicting I mean have you watched the social dilemma yes I have is it something about like the algorithm and scrolling or is it like that they are is that is that bringing us pleasure, like being addicted to Instagram and scrolling and seeing new things? Or is it BTS being kind of naturally funny? Or is it these content creators being funny and creating content that keeps us engaged? I mean, there's definitely an algorithm bit to it but I and I say this to you all the time. I don't think the algorithm is smart enough to pick up what I actually want. And oftentimes doesn't refresh fast enough. Like the number of times I have to manually refresh and not get any new content or get new content I don't care about. Like it's not working for me. However, I think there is something about maybe for me, it's like it's like an inside joke. And I think that's what's funny. Like I'm pretty sure I show a BTS meme to someone who doesn't know anything about BTS or even just knows like dynamite. And they'll be like, I don't get it. Because yeah. it's it's actually not funny to anyone who has no idea about them or 
about their shows or about their content. So part of me is like, oh, we all have this inside joke that we're laughing at. And then part of me is like, maybe it's because people are just so dramatic. And I think you'll come on to this, but I think like BTS army fans are just so extra. Like the person I follow on YouTube who does reaction videos, like the number of times where he just is like, mouth open like gobsmacked reacting to something was like my body like my soul has left my body like i don't know any like i've not seen any react i mean i don't watch that many reaction videos but i haven't seen that many reactions to like it wasn't even like some miracle do you know what i mean it was just jungkook on the screen and that was enough for his soul to leave his body like the dramatics and the extraness The armies use to talk about things is like next level. And I think that is also the humor side of it. Like most yeah. people, you know, the sky is blue. Yay. Whereas they're like, the sky is falling because Jimin, the angel, is like standing over my grave <laughs> <laughs> or something. Oh, yeah. There is a lot of death, a lot of like angelicness, and then a lot yeah. of like I vampires. Mean, yeah, a hundred percent. Um, I really appreciate the the ones where it's like commentary on K-pop stands, and so it was like somebody posted a picture of a tweet that was like K-pop fans be like, "So and so, you're insane for this," and it's like a picture of them drinking water. <laughs> yeah, everything, and I think maybe it speaks to our kind of philosophy, like everything and anything about their K-pop idol is interesting to them they're hella detail oriented Mm. like the number of times i watch something and then i see a meme that like zooms in on a hand gesture or zooms in on a smirk or whatever it's like i definitely didn't see it the first time so and i think in in some ways i just can't even imagine if you were a member of bts every little move slash thing you do is like over scrutinized yeah. And people are just dying when they see you drink water. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. It's so funny. And the best one um, that I've seen was the, um, okay, two things. So another meme, and this meme is from the, um, the concert from a few weeks ago that we both really enjoyed was after Jungkook's solo dance, My Time. On the second day, he was wearing a shirt and it was halfway unbuttoned um, and everyone lost their minds online. And someone found the shop where they were selling this shirt, posted it and was like, oh, it has buttons. He just chooses violence. (laughs) (laughs) That's some meme gold. Right there. Meme gold. Yeah. It's like the best one I've seen. Oh my gosh. It is really good. So good. Yeah. I don't know how they come up with it, honestly. Maybe we should try and attempt to come up with our own memes. Oh my gosh. The, it, it is something about like the attention to detail and being able to generate memes so quickly. Yeah. Like, like to physically do it. Like the number of apps you have to juggle, I'm sure, to like screenshot the video, edit it, and add text, and, like, whatever. Yeah, it's a yeah. skill. And, like, I, tag mad props and to 15-year-olds, man. I mean, the fact that they're appearing on your feed and my feed is not, like, an easy feat. Do you know what I mean? To get onto yeah. people's, like, explore page, you need to have either a certain number of likes or, to, like, tag the right way or, I don't know, yeah. caption the right way. It's, yeah, it's a talent. But the other part is there's also... Like, it's a very crowded market. Like, there's so many BTS meme channels. Um, And I think maybe this pulls us into the article I wanted to discuss. Yeah. Um, There's this article from June 21st, 2019. So, published on my birthday last year. Um, And it's by one of my favorite writers, Gia Tolentino, um, in The New Yorker. And it's called Love, Death, and Begging for Celebrities to Kill You. (laughs) and it is just the most brilliant commentary on social media that I have read and I think about it all the time and I just think it is one of the best pieces of writing I've like ever read 
So she says, The first time I noticed that quite a lot of people on the internet seemed to be begging celebrities to kill them was a couple of years ago. Can Lana Del Rey step on my throat already? One person tweeted. Snap my neck and hide my body, another announced when Lady Gaga posted a new profile photo. Taylor Swift could run me over with a tractor and I'd say thank you and ask her if she wants to do it again, another wrote. (laughs) So just, I mean, some examples from across different fandoms of this kind of extreme begging for violence from celebrities. And in this article, she goes into some theories about why um, culture is going in this direction. And I think the one that really rang the most true for me was that um, she said it's something about how much we're craving connection. So she said, here, I found it. Um, We're craving unmediated connection so desperately that we would accept it in the form of murder. Interesting. I mean, this is like Maslow hierarchy of needs, isn't it? Yeah. Like the sense of belonging. And I think obviously the internet and social media kind of has changed how people interact with each other. I mean, they talk about that a lot with like tribalism, you know, the fact that you enter a fandom and you're like now part of this community. Yeah. And I think a lot of fans like they're like, it's beyond just being a fan. It's like you're in a community of other people and, you know, you meet up and you learn, like, you become friends just by mutual like of the band. It's like buying into a conspiracy theory. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same, it's the same mechanism, though. So it's the same kind of search for a sense of belonging. You find that sense of belonging in this online community. Mm. But at its core, online interaction is not the same thing as real human connection. And so it's kind of this like fake pseudo interaction. You don't really know who you're interacting with. Um, You're just kind of bonding over this construct. I mean, BTS is wonderful, but at at the end of the day, it's it's a construct created by a company to make money. Yeah. And so while you might not be then going down a pipeline into believing that the world is flat and that we never landed on the moon... I think you are being encouraged to spend a lot of money. Um, There's a lot of broke army memes. Um, They are, you know, young people who, I mean, if I'm going to, if I spend money on BTS, it's fine. Like I have a job, I make money, I can spend money on what I want. But, you know, like a 14 year old with a part-time job, like spending their parents' money on things, you know, it like... It's, it hits different, as they would say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's, I mean, it must be an incredible time trying to navigate social media as a Gen Z or like a teenager right now. Like I can't, I don't know if they're able to discern, like I know when I'm marketed to. Yeah. And I know if I buy something because I'm marketed to it, I'm doing it because of that. But I could see, I mean, I've seen videos where like people interview even BTS fans or whatever. It's like, how much money did you spend, you know, this year? And they're like, well, you know, two, three thousand dollars. Oh, my gosh. But if you if you like fundamentally think about all the things they promote and if you buy every single thing, which loads of people do. I mean, they're not worth billions for nothing. Yeah. Then it's they're selling a branded Jenga set. I mean, the most ridiculous thing I saw was BTS Water. Oh, yeah. I've which, seen that yeah, one. has recently come out in the pop-up store. I mean, they're not the only ones who do it. I know um, the girl who does Blonde Salad. I forget her name. Oh, Kiara Ferrani. Yeah, she had, like, Kiara Water. I mean, she's going to be my best friend in Milan, so let's not talk crap about Kiara. It's not crap. I just think, like, <laughs> people, as you say, are selling a construct. People are yeah. selling whatever and then people like people who buy it are the people who are falling for it taylor swift is selling gross looking i'm sorry folklore branded acoustic guitars why (laughs) i mean people will buy it who will buy that i just i mean people will buy it you're not wrong yeah we're entering in this like as you say like this people are buying into maybe maybe people aren't even thinking twice they're like taylor swift I want to be, you know, play the guitar too. Bye. 
Yeah. I mean, it's much easier than researching, oh, what's a good guitar? What's, you know, an effective guitar? How much? It, do you know what I mean? The, yeah. You're taking the research out of the equation like, oh, thirsty? Buy some BTS water. <laughs> and it also feeds this sense of like being friends with Taylor Swift or being close to Taylor Swift or, you know, this, this, I really, I do think it comes down to this sense of like connection yeah. with someone. Yeah. Um, whether it's the celebrity themselves or the other people in the fandom, it's this, it's this connection that, you know, really drives people. And I hope our fans feel connected to us. Please listen to us. And someday we will get to a stage where we can sell you in our prime water. <laughs> yeah. Watch this space. But yeah, so, I think it is. I think you're 100% right. I think it's that sense of belonging. And to be honest, part of me thinks if, let's say, a lot of fans get together, they would maybe have otherwise been alone. And a lot of them physically meet up as well. Yeah. And they become friends from it and they do charity work together because of it. Like, why not? In yeah. a time where people are battling loneliness and social isolation, if that does lead to that, obviously you have the extreme end where, you know, people are, are broke armies. Yeah. Yeah. No, well said. Well said. Absolutely. So just before we move on to our next topic, I did want to get in a quick random segment, Katie's Book Corner. I mentioned earlier one of my favorite writers is Gia Tolentino. And so I just wanted to do promo for her book that came out last year. It's called Trick Mirror. It was one of my top 10 books that I read in 2019. And for sure, my number one most talked about book. It's hilarious. It's full of other astute commentary, like the article we were talking about earlier. Um, she's absolutely brilliant. She sees the world in a really fascinating way. And I love the book a lot. So if you're looking for a collection of essays that will make you think and make you laugh, I recommend Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino. Cool. Well, this is Katie's Book Corner this week. Yep. Go check it out. Yep. Okay. So as you know, our philosophy here in the prime of our lives is that everything is interesting. So we like to invite people on our show to talk about what makes their stories interesting and what has captured their interest lately and what makes them in their prime of their lives right now. So our first ever guest this week is Effie Argyropoulos. And she's here straight to tell us about her story and about how she is a social media queen. Welcome, Effie. <laughs> Thank you, Polly. Thank you, Katie. Welcome, What an Effie. intro. <laughs> How does it feel to be the first ever guest on our podcast? I'm really honored. I mean, I think there's pressure, of course. I hope I deliver. But well, to great our to be here. Many, many listeners who also know Effie, I'm sure you will be listening with welcome ears. <laughs> we love it. So... At the beginning of each of our interviews, we want to start with some rapid-fire get-to-know-you questions. So I've got a few for you, Effie, and Polly will have a few for you as well. Great. My first one is, are you usually early or late? Always late. Always late. <laughs> we have but it comes from a place. It comes from a place of wanting to fit as much in as possible. And so it actually is the sign of an idealist. Oh. I love that. Are you also like me when people are like, where are you? And you're like, I'm on my way. I'm like five minutes away when you're like 20 minutes away. Look, definitely when I know it's 10, I'll say seven. Yeah. When I know it's 20, I'll say 12. You know? <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah, I feel you. Um, okay, my turn. Are you a, well, I guess you answered this question. I was going to ask you if you were glass half full or glass half empty, but you just said you were an optimist. So. No, no, I said I was an idealist. Oh, an idealist. I think they're different. Okay, okay. They're different, and the difference depends on the cycle I'm in. Um, <laughs> no, but it will depend on my mood infinitely. It might be that I'm a very half full or very half empty. and But not, not, not in between. Just No in between. <laughs> yeah. No neutrality. Yeah. Just... Extremely optimistic or extremely pessimistic. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I also feel like 
I mean, this is something we all have in common because we're all North Americans who live and work in London. But I think it's like because we have this kind of North American cheerful vibe, it's really hard for people here in London to pick up on differences when you're feeling like when you're having a good day versus when you're having a bad day. I feel like to people here, they think we're having great days all the time. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's we're a just really good always point. cheerful because we yeah. talk like this. Yeah, exactly. Even when you're sharing something deeply cynical, which usually <laughs> just makes them uncomfortable yeah. anyway. Oh my gosh, guys, I'm having the worst day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question for me. What songs or what is a song that you have completely memorized? Anything on Hilary Duff's Metamorphosis album, for <laughs> oh sure. What a throwback. <laughs> Smash it. That was a big, big throwback, an important time in my life. Um, but also probably anything Blink-182. I imagine there are other songs I have memorized. Or, like classic Blink-182 or their newer stuff too? So specifically Enema of the State and Take yeah. Off Your Pants and Jacket and a bit from Blink-182 Untitled. Nice. Okay, uh, easy one. Favorite color? Red. But... You know what? I think about this a lot. I love all colors. I really do. I just really like red because it's short to type. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have chosen red for you. What did you think it was? Maybe green? Yeah, I think oh. I would have gone with like a forest green. Oh, so I do love that. I mean, you're, you're right to pick that given that I, all, I accessorize in those colors. I do love a forest green, but I think there's so much emotion in red mm. yeah but nails always really greens and blue oh thank you that's so nice okay one more for me what city would you most like to live in I think Barcelona because Ooh. it's got it's such a beautiful city it's got fantastic food and it's got a beach mm. but that boxes. said exactly but there are so many cities I haven't visited so yeah like TBC. Vancouver beach true and good food but and rain. canadian but rain but rain <laughs> all right one more context setting question effie which is where in the world are you based how did you end up there and how do you know us i guess that so, was three questions <laughs> <laughs> we'll take them um so i'm based in london very specifically the borough of islington hey, hey. we love it um, I basically, I touched down here in 2016, um, when I moved across the pond to do my master's in global health. Um, and then I was just so dazzled by the city. I did everything in my power to stick around. And here I am over four years later, just enjoying the fruits this city has to offer. And then part of that was going and working for public health, where I met you fine ladies. The North American contingent, making London a healthier place. What would they do without us? What would they we'll do without out. our undying optimism in our voice? <laughs> and idealism. Hmm? Yeah. Way to bring it back. Full circle. All right. So now we know where you're based and how you know us. Let's get into it. Oh, yes. Effie, can you please tell us a bit about something called Goose Watch that you actively have participated slash founded slash on? Absolutely, Polly. I would love to share. So Goose Watch is a phenomenon where one photographs people walking around the London streets, which arguably are more or less always warmer than 10 degrees Celsius, catching them wearing a Canada goose which is arguably an Arctic jacket. I don't think arguably. I think literally an Arctic oh, yes. jacket. It is very much so intended to be worn in Arctic climates. So, All right. So 10 degrees Celsius is 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. So, okay. So there we go. spring day. There you go. So you see these people walking around London with these Arctic coats on and the temperature is arguably more than 10 degrees. Now, growing up in Toronto, I remember people thinking it was ridiculous that when they saw someone wearing it in 
a minus 10 degrees, maybe even minus 15, thinking it's not cold enough for such a warm jacket. But here, you come to London, where they're priced double the amount they are in their native land. And for what purpose? So I have taken, taking photographs of these people, I always put a little emoji over their faces because, you know, nobody wants a lawsuit. GDPR. <laughs> GDPR. Love. And superimposing the temperature on top. So obviously, the warmer it is, the funnier the whole situation is. But since it's become a little bit of a brand, now any goose watch brings us all to a little bit of a giggle. <laughs> um Every time I see goose, I just think of you. Every time. Yeah. And you know what? That's what I, that you're not the only one that's told me that, Katie. So I feel like really getting a whole army together. Flock, if you will. (laughs) Do you get loads of, so speaking of, I guess, being funny on social media, because you do this on your Instagram, don't you? Yeah, it's on my highlight reels. Do you get a lot of people reacting to your goose watch like repeated reactions i mean i find them funny every time i see it same definitely i think i think the reaction is very dependent on the temperature so on a particularly warm day um that will yield a lot more shocks or get the people going even more than something closer to 10 degrees but we definitely have some regular suspects that uh repeatedly crop up amazing what is the highest temperature you've ever spotted a goose of the ones I've recorded because I have to admit I had this idea for a long time before I actually took the plunge but of the ones I have documented I think the warmest I saw with a goose was 26 oh my gosh and we have subsequent footage of not quite a goose, but also a parka. And it was about 29. Oh, my gosh. Which in London in general is a really hot. It's hotter than North American 29. Yeah, it's sure. humid, too. Yeah. Ugh. And on and off the tube. and ugh. Oh, I can't even wear a pea coat on the tube. Can't imagine. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and it's like bulky. It's not like you can de-layer a goose easily either. No, and it's not like you look chic in them. Which brings me to a point about, well, my point about not looking sexy in a goose. So why bother? Yeah. But, I mean, you mentioned the price. So they're incredibly expensive coats. coats. So, I mean, it must be like, it's a status thing, right? Like. I've spent this much money on this coat. I'm going to wear it. Like, I don't care if Definitely. it's 70 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm going to wear this parka. Definitely. Definitely. And to be, to be fair, why not? I mean, if you have spent the money on it and it keeps you warm to the temperature you desire, <laughs> then by all means. <laughs> we just might laugh at you a little bit. Uh, you have to be able to take take a little bit of ridicule if you're going to engage in that kind of yeah. outerwear. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Effie, do you find that your Goose Watch posts get noticeably more engagement than other stories that you post? Because you're also funny on your normal stories, but this is like a particular brand of humor that you've created on Instagram. Yeah, I think it would depend ultimately, people love an initial shock value. So I think as much as Goose Watch has been well-received and well-referenced, maybe it has plateaued a bit with the immediate feedback, whereas something new and fresh might yield a bit more of a reaction. Okay. Do you have a vision for Goose Watch? Do you see it evolving into something else? Well, I mean... I'm wondering if I should take it to be its own grid, you know, because as it stands now, it's just a highlight on my own private page. Why deprive the people? I mean, people love a grid. Anyway, so I guess, yeah, one of the things we want to talk about this week is kind of how to be funny on social media. And obviously we were saying that inclusive of your goose wash, you have loads of funny stories. 
How how are you so funny, Effie? <laughs> what is your what is your secret? What is your wisdom? What is your pearl of advice for those those of us trying to achieve your level of funniness? Gosh, you guys, what such a such an intro. Well, I think I have a few points to make. One is that you need to always make yourself laugh first and foremost, because if you're trying to make other people laugh, chances are it will come off as trying too hard. If you're just trying to make yourself laugh, then you win every time. It's true. That's true. (laughs) I personally think that it's not very funny. I mean, I say this as I am the author of Goose Watch, but you don't only want to do it to someone else's expense. So a little bit of self-deprecating humor. And I say that with a big asterisk because no one wants to feel badly, but a little bit of self-deprecating humor can go a long way. But I think, I think Goose Watch is like, self-deprecating in the sense that it's kind of like a commentary on how silly we all as humanity are because there are so many people who are wearing Canada geese in <laughs> in London that it's just really it's like I mean it's kind of Another like a look one? at us look at us as a society what are we doing like that's I still a feel very like that's good assessment that is a brilliant assessment Katie Oh, thank you. I've had a couple glasses of wine, so <laughs> I'm feeling very wise. <laughs> As you should. All right. So number one, make yourself laugh. Number two, don't laugh at other people's expense. Number to three, little bit of self-deprecation ain't bad. Exactly. Any other tips? I mean, everybody loves a poll. <laughs> Don't underestimate the humor behind a poll, especially a useless one. <laughs> okay. Is another secret me, of your humor having Drake involved? Yeah, I think, I think an over-the-top obsessive nature can sometimes be comically endearing. So, for example, I've had... Um, I'm a big fan of Drake, let's say, as an I example. Mean, you're from Toronto. I'm from Toronto, so naturally, not a poser. <laughs> and a true so, Raptors fan. Well, exactly. Have I won a shirt being the loudest fan in a Raptors game? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think also, like, you almost create a brand for yourself when you're hyper public about everything you love. So... That's something that makes me laugh. I could also see people finding it a little bit obnoxious, but that goes back to point number one. You have to make yourself laugh before you make other people laugh. I love it. I think Polly and I are well on our way to designating ourselves as (laughs) obsessive fans of something a bit niche. Seemingly niche. Seemingly 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 niche in our listeners so far. Um, however, just wait until we tap that global army market, <laughs> exactly. We just need to tap into like-minded people in our echo chambers that have yet to be tapped. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so there's one other piece of your social media platforms that I just wanted to discuss today, Effie, and that is my favorite Instagram account to follow: your text from Baba page. Oh, yes. So this can is... you give our listeners a little overview of what this page is? Absolutely. So this is also my favorite niche of my social media experience, Katie. But basically, I have this hilarious, fantastic father who got his first cell phone, I think, four years ago. So voila texting platform is born and this has been a journey through kind of documenting some of the messages I received from him now bless him because he's this nearly 75 year old man that immigrated to Canada when he was not even 30 
has this thick Greek accent, is one of the smartest people I know. And yet when he types, his sentences are completely nonsensical to English grammar. Um, so, you know, a, an example before texts from Baba was born um, was in 2013. He sent me an email with the subject line, Santa came. And then he says, hi, love. This morning, Santa came in your account. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> Kisses. <laughs> but he meant he had given me money. <laughs> he meant he had given me some money. It didn't matter it was April. Santa had to give it. <laughs> so after enough time, much like Goosewatch, after a lot of times of getting these brilliant screenshots, it became really clear that this needed to be compiled into its own platform. Yeah. And so now it's just really been a, a place to showcase some of the hilarious things that are said. I love it. I love it so much. It brings me so much joy. And uh, I, really, I really love this text from Baba account. I think it's, I think it's great. I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased. And I think things like that, you know, when you get your fans giving you positive reinforcement, it just ignites more enthusiasm to keep it going. Yeah. Well, speaking of fans, then, if people wanted to see these videos and get join a look the at fandom. these texts, join the Baba text fandom. We need to come up with a fandom name for this. Yes. Um, <laughs> how do they do this? How do they do this? So you can follow texts from Baba. It's TXTS from Baba, B-A-B-A, all one word, underscore official. <laughs> because we don't want an unofficial text from Baba. God forbid <laughs> we're already preempting the phonies. <laughs> The fakes, if you will. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And Goosewatch. How can people watch Goosewatch? Goosewatch is on my private page. But after this chat, I might very well take it to its own platform, to its own page, much like texts from Baba. So you may Official have though, me. of course. An official Goosewatch channel. Love it. <laughs> well, um, before we let you go on our podcast every week um because we do it every week of course of our many many listeners listening um we like to ask our guests about what is kind of in its prime for them right now so effie posing that to you what are you currently obsessed with and would recommend to our listeners at the moment okay so i know i'm late to the bandwagon but that's just your your preference it's just it's you're in the prime of your life right now yeah and you know exactly it is i'm in is. my pool yes yes hashtag that anyway hashtag <laughs> so at the moment i'm obsessed with peaky blinders like i don't know i mean i presume both of your explore pages are bts mine are killian murphy thomas shelby <laughs> montages of the whole casts i oh am gosh. obsessed i just finished the whole series and immediately without even standing up restarted it again this <laughs> is <laughs> a good I am so obsessed with it, in fact, that a friend of mine, I told a friend of mine's boyfriend, who I've never met, who's currently in New Zealand, and he purchased a Thomas Shelby mug for me that I've already cut my hand on, which is so Thomas Shelby. <laughs> that is a good friend and a good boyfriend. Agreed. He can stay. He can stay. What is it about Peaky Blinders that you think has drawn you in? Is it Killian Murphy or is there something else about the show? Yeah, so I definitely think my feelings for Killian Murphy are a big part of 
why <laughs> why I've been drawn to it, but it really is, as some of the findings on my Explore page would also say, not just a f- series, it's art. The cinematography is fantastic. <laughs> the acting is fantastic. The spotlight on arguably a part of England that everybody speaks ill of, Birmingham. But it just makes me want to go there and only there. It is a good show. Is it still going or is that it? Is five seasons over? No, no, they're going to come up with a six. They better. They have left so many things unanswered for me. Just for me. And is it a series? Because I think we've been talking on the podcast about TV shows where sometimes it kind of drags or it kind of changes unnecessarily or kind of the writers make kind of awkward choices. Do you think it's like sustained its momentum all through up to season five? Look, no. I will say no. (laughs) Okay. I, in fact, returning to season one, to the humble beginnings, I forgot how much I liked it. And I will say (laughs) that everyone should watch a show that they like a lot twice because you notice so much on the second time around. And on that note, thanks for joining us, Effie. We're going to move on to our prime goals of the week, Katie. Amazing. First of all, let's check in. Did you or did you not achieve your goal last week? Well, take a look at these nails. They look great. They For those are of done. you who are not seeing, obviously you're only listening. They are a nice sky blue. I'd say a blue gray. Blue gray. Okay. I think it's yeah. the camera's not great. Um, yeah. And they're nicely manicured. They are. Very good. Yeah, so I got them removed, um, or I got my last manicure removed, and I got these new nails. And the manicurist was absolutely lovely. Of course, the day before I went, I like was taking ibuprofen, and I popped the pill out of the case, and I cut under my thumbnail. That always happens to me when I use this specific kind of pill. And I told her, and she like was really careful about it, and it was wonderful. Um, And she wore a mask and gloves and I wore a mask and it was all good. Um, And I have nice clean nails. Nice. Very good. I have no idea what my goal is for this week. Okay. While you have a think, I did also achieve my goal. And I made pina coladas as I was enjoying my homemade brunch meal this weekend. They looked delicious. Yeah, they were very good. I did make a lot of it, so I've been having pina coladas kind of every day. <laughs> I may have had one for breakfast yesterday. I, Although, I mean, it's basically a smoothie. Yeah, caveat, I, do, I don't drink very much, so it's these are virgin pina coladas. I was going to say, did you add rum to any of them? I don't think I even have rum at home. I think you do. I think you do. do I think I? if you ask your husband, I think he'll say that you do. Yeah. But I actually really don't like it with rum. It ruins the fun, fruity sweetness with a bitter, (laughs) alcoholy taste. (laughs) But if it most times, to be fair, if when I go out, I would do a a non-version pina colada because it does kind of hide the alcohol well. But I imagine they're very calorific because I used obviously coconut milk um, from a tin. So what I did was I froze pineapple from a tin, then blended it. So frozen pineapple blended with the coconut milk. And then I added a bit of pineapple juice. Oh my gosh. It was delicious. delicious. Yeah. (laughs) Next time you come over, we will do it again. I think it's my, yeah, I could just drink buckets of it easily. Yeah. Um, Sounds great. So coming back to you, Katie, goal of the week. Okay. Should I go first? Yes, you go first. Okay, so my goal of the week this week was to make the most of this daylight savings time and actually sleep earlier. Okay. So I'm kind of throwback to your first episode goal. I'm going to sleep at the normal time, which I normally sleep at, but because we're in daylight savings time, it'll be an hour before. Okay. 
So in theory, I'm not actually changing my sleep pattern at all. I'm just yeah. changing the concept of time now that we've moved into daylight savings. Unless night apple is poison apple for you. Unless night apple is poison apple, which may or let's not egg each other on. I feel like we've been egging each other on to be like, what time are you staying up? Oh, I'm still up. No, I'm still up. Um, but yeah, unless yeah. unless night apple is poison apple. To be fair, I feel, I don't know, hopefully it's not tonight, but I'm watching the last episode of Record of Youth. Hopefully that doesn't then trail into night apple is poison apple, but we'll see. Okay, I will try not to egg you on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... What is my goal for the week? So I am studying for the GRE to retake the GRE because I am moving to Milan in a few months and looking into going back to school. So I'm going to take the GRE before I leave London. Um, and that means I have to relearn geometry and algebra and how to take tests. So my goal for myself is to not skip any more days on the study schedule I have set out for myself for this week okay cool yeah. we will check in next week and we will yes. be closer to your GRE date by yeah. that time I wish I had booked it for this week but I've still got three weeks yeah it's good quieting Woo. <laughs> we'll see you next week thanks for listening to the prime of our lives we'll be back next week with a new episode and in the meantime, you can find us on social media. I'm at The Polygraph on Instagram. And I'm at KittyLogan12 on Instagram and a book to go on YouTube. Bye. Bye. Bye.